Ladies and gentlemen, men and women, children of all ages, you're about to experience the opportunity to get in on the conversation. So do me a favor, join the conversation as you're about to step into the world of conversations about dot, dot, dot. I hope you enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another fun-filled conversation about dot, dot, dot. With me today is an awesome lady who owns an awesome business. Her name is Joe Thomas, and she owns Coffee with Comics. Say hello to the fine people, Miss Thomas. Well, hello, William. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. This is awesome to be a part of this. I love doing these kinds of things. It's always fun to, to sit and chat with people. Good, good. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you as well. Now, Miss Thomas has uh, been gracious with me in the past, uh, and she's been able to. She she's not only a really good comic book business owner, but more importantly, she is a go getter. And what I mean by that is, if you say to her, "Hey, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z," like I was looking for Young Justice, the old school series yes. in the '90s, <laughs> and Miss Joe Thomas found me not. She didn't find me a few copies of it. She found me like the bulk <laughs> of the whole entire series. <laughs> I remember that. That was, that was honestly, that was one of my first big sales. She was just like, uh, okay, so I found this group from here to here. What do you not have? <laughs> I was just like, well. I think you, you even just said, you're like, just give me all of it. <laughs> everything you have, let's just get it. Cause I literally started out at ground zero. And so she's like, so she's like, okay. So she sent me stuff, and then she found another wave. Like two weeks later, it's like, okay, well, I've got this one, I've got this one, I've got this one, I've got this one. I don't have that one, that one, that one, or this one, <laughs> or this one, or this whole entire series of books. <laughs> so I'm slowly, I've almost got the whole series. They didn't trade all of Young Justice, unfortunately. Like it'd be real easy for me to find trades for it, just buy all the trades, but they don't have all the trades, and they didn't trade it all. So. It's really awesome. To yeah, get that's to true. Get that uh, get that series going because I love those adventures of Superboy, Robin, Impulse, Wonder Girl, uh, Secret, and Arrowette. And so I love those adventures. And so she was able to hook me up with those, and I really appreciate her for that. So I started this podcast. It's just like you know, I'm just going to reach out to people. And the worst case scenario, they either tell me no or they don't tell me anything. And so. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Joe, she was just like, "Well, yeah, I'd love to do it." I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> and so I'm glad for sure. Yeah, the chance to talk with her. So, Miss Joe, if you don't mind, share a little bit about your origin story with us. Share, you know, where you grew up. You know, all that fun little origin-y type stuff. Okay. Um, so I grew up. Um, I was born and raised for the most part of my life in uh, Eugene, Oregon, Eugene okay. uh, Springfield area. Um, my parents divorced when I was young. Um, my dad was always stable, you know, uh, lived in the same area, Eugene or Corvallis my whole life. Um, my mom was a bit of a gypsy. So with my mom, we never really stayed in one place for more than six months or a year. Okay. So my, and the majority of my childhood I spent with my mom because, you know, it's my mom. I felt like I needed to protect her. So I moved around a lot in my childhood um, between Oregon, California, Georgia, Washington, New Mexico. Uh, gosh, I mean, I've been a lot of places. So mm -hmm. we were uh, homeless in Las Vegas for a while with my mom and, and family there. So um, but you know, I, it hasn't been boring and I've learned a lot of what I know because of, of being raised by two completely separate parents. My dad is the very military hardcore, always been good with his money and, you know, uh, uh, wise financially and those, you know, that just kind of business smarts. Whereas my mom is that street smarts kind okay. of person. So do you feel like you're kind of a balance between the two? I do. Um, you know, I, I definitely, it took me a while. It took me probably late into my 20s, my late 20s before um, I got my temper under control, which I get my temper from my mom. Okay. <laughs> and let, let that logical side of my dad come into play more. Mm -hmm. But definitely that street smart and temper side, it comes in handy when, uh, when things uh, need to be handled. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when that uh, UPS order doesn't come through like it's supposed to, you can get it. You can get in on them. They do not 
appreciate me at UPS at all. <laughs> it's like, I came to pick up my books, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they see my car pull up, somebody meets me outside. <laughs> like, hello, hello, here you go. Here's your stuff right here. What's wrong with you? you need anything else today? Do you need some boxes? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's give, give her some boxes. I don't know, give her somebody yeah. else's order. Just get her out of here. Yeah. It's like, we got our stuff here and we're going to load it in our car for her, but we don't normally know. We're going to load stuff for her, okay? We're not going <laughs> to need to load her stuff in her car. And I need you to not ask me why I'm, why I'm telling you to do this. Just load it. <laughs> and somebody go get some Starbucks while you're at it. That's it. Get her some Starbucks. What kind of coffee do you want, ma'am? We got you. We want to make sure we have it when you get here. You know. Well, you know me. I drink my coffee black. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there you go. No, no, no milky, no milky, creamy stuff. Just straight up black nope. coffee. Funny, funny story, childhood story with that. When I was a kid, uh, my dad was a, worked for the lumber mills. And so he would get up around 3 a.m. to go to work. And so when I was a little kid, my dad would get me up with him when I was, you know, two, three years old. When he would get up, I would get up and I would have coffee and toast with my dad every morning hmm. because that's the only time I would see him. And so he would put, you know, sugar and milk in my coffee because it would be very little coffee. Mm-hmm. And then he would put me back to bed when he would go to work um, because he'd get home so late that I wouldn't see him yeah. at all if we didn't do that. And I'll never forget on my 13th birthday, um, we, I got up, I went out and, you know, my dad was making our coffee and our toast. And yes, I did this my whole life growing up with my dad. And um, he put my coffee down and I'm half asleep and I grab my coffee and I take a drink and I spit it. And I was like, dad, you didn't put any cream and sugar in this. And my dad said, no, you're an adult now. You drink it like a man. <laughs> oh, dear. And he never let me put cream or sugar in my coffee again after that. And now to this day, man, if somebody puts something in my coffee, I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, I don't need so, to just a funny little story there. Yeah. I don't need to taste almonds. I don't need to taste uh, chicory. I just want to taste the coffee. OK, can we do that? Yes. Just burnt roasted beans. OK, there you go. Uh, or as a friend of mine used to say, that military style coffee where sometimes it's a little bit thicker than it should be. Yep, stick a spoon in it and it stands up. There you go. So you mentioned growing up and you mentioned about the different things about life and the the different sides of you and your mom Mm -hmm. and dad and how you've been able to incorporate those into your life. Now, you have a family yourself now. Uh, You brag about your hubby, your sweet hubby a lot. I do. Uh, I, my husband and I have been together just about 15 years. Okay. Um, we were we were together for 10 years before we got married. We waited okay. a decade, figured if after 10 years we still liked each other, it was okay to go ahead and make that commitment. Okay. <laughs> um, I have three adult children from my first husband. Um, I have my daughter, Safira, who is 25. Okay. She is the mom of the little granddaughter, Athena, or as everybody that watches my shows uh, knows her as Pina. The cutie. Yes, the cutie patootie. And then we have my middle daughter, Braxton, who is 23 and is the mom of Moose or Xander, my grandson, who is four. He's a cutie too. <laughs> yes. And then we have my son, Joseph, who is 22 and uh, just, you know, he's all about games. I mean, that's he's a video game addict. He works for a company where he beta tests games. Ooh. You know, he's got the yeah, he I know he has the perfect life for for his uh, his uh, kind of field that he's in. You know, they he couldn't go. work any better. So like you don't want to be that guy who wants to work at finance, but ends up testing out video games. If you're going to test out video games, you want to be the guy that kind of wants to get paid to play video games. <laughs> right. Well, and it's a good thing because, you know, I can't lie. He seemed kind of lost before he got this job. He wasn't able to keep jobs, you know, things like that. And uh, not only has he he's keeping this job, but I can tell he enjoys it. And he's already up for a promotion and he's only been there a couple months and he's yeah. already working with other people in the company to design his own video games. So I just, yeah, seeing that finally that kind of uh, fuel hit him Mm -hmm. because, you know, you worry about your kids when you don't see that spark lit in them. Right. You know, I don't want them to have to wait until like me where they're in their 40s and they find what they love. I want them to find it now. Yeah. Well, now don't discount finding stuff late, man. Morgan Freeman didn't get his first major acting role until he was in his late 40s. I know, and Oh, uh, thank the Lord he did, right? You know, yeah, because... Can you imagine a world without Morgan Freeman? Without Morgan Freeman, you know. And, I mean, you look at, like, James Earl Jones. I mean, James Earl Jones didn't uh, get his biggest break until he was almost 40. 
you know. No, definitely not. You know, but as as a parent, you want you know you want your kids to find it younger than you did. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, don't discount finding it late. You know. No, no way. On to that, find it. You know. I, I mean, I'm glad you found your niche, you know, even though it, was, it may have been late for you to find it, but I'm glad you found it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I see that spark in you whenever I see your videos posting up about different books and different things. I know the other day I saw the one where you were talking about different books and whether you liked them or not. And at one point you were just like, I think it was one of the Venom books and you were just like, yeah, the art is not that great. It doesn't capture me. If you're a fan of Cynthia, that's fine. But, you know, it's really not that great of a book. It was like, that's kind of honestly is what you want when you get a review. Like, But, you know, and as a seller, though, I have a lot of people who have messaged me as other sellers and said, you know, when you do this show, the second you say you don't like a book, people, you're, you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And for me, I... I understand what they mean by it because then somebody may not want to buy it. But here's the thing. I, it, for me, it's about making people happy and getting them the things they love. So if I were to lie and say, oh yeah, this is a great book. And then had one of my regulars message me and was like, what are you talking about? This is horrible. Yeah. This book was. And I knew that it was and lied about it. That's just, that's not me. I'm an authentic person. And if I don't like it, I'm going to say, I don't like it. It doesn't mean you won't. Right. Right. But I don't like it. <laughs> there, there have been things that people have told me that they didn't like that I loved. Exactly. First, different strokes for different folks. Like, I'm not a fan of Medea movies. And I know that upsets a lot of people that look like me because they're just like, you're black and you don't like Medea movies? And I'm sitting there going, well, <laughs> oh, so all of a sudden because I'm black, I have to? When is that? <laughs> right. Wow, that's, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a loaded statement. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, dude, I don't like a guy dressing up in a dress that could have been a woman who actually had a career made. I don't know. I'm just odd. Like, I get it. He did it in the stage plays, and that's fine. But I'm not a fan of it carrying over into movies and other forms of entertainment. Dude, <laughs> just keep dressing up as a woman. I'm just saying, like, no, I hear you. You know, so I don't have to like it. And that's fine. Um, you know, but that's just the thing about it. It's it's you got to be yourself. And I mean, that's an important yes. thing. And, and so, you know, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, and you, you you put it out there. And people, I think a lot of times will appreciate you more for your honesty on that because then they're like, well, I may not want to put that in my pull list, but I may want to put this. I know with Miss Jen, for example, you know, I Miss Jen is uh, owns a Space Connect. And I get a lot of my comics through her. And it's funny because there'll be times where she'll say, hey, Will, you're going to like this. See if you want to add it to your pull box. I'd be like, okay, yep. they'll message me. And most of the time, we have very similar tastes. So like, I'll be like, I'll trust her 99.9% yes. times on stuff because we have similar things. Because she knows what I like. And so when she says, hey, you're going to like this, get it. You know, then it's like, okay, and I'll get it. And like, it'll be cool series that I would have never thought to get on my own. And she not mentioned it. You know, it's yeah. the thing about it. Well, and that's, you do, you have to know your customers and you have to know what they like. And if, you know, if you don't have that connection with them um, and you're not in it for that reason, then I feel like you're just in it for the money and you're never going to be really rich if that's all you're in something right, for. Right, 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 right. I think the richness has to come from more of the community that you build. And I'm going to jump out to a break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that community uh, because I believe that's one of the things that I enjoy most about getting to know you is, is, is the community. But we're also just going to talk some fun stuff about you in general. So we're going to come back All after right. these messages. We'll be right back. Hello. Hello. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you again for continuing to rock with me on these conversations about dot, dot, dot. And I have Miss Joe Thomas, the wonderful owner of Coffee with Comics, uh, where she likes her coffee black and she likes uh, to be able to let you know whether she likes something or not and hopes you appreciate her honesty. <laughs> so I like my coffees and my comics dark. There you go. There you go. So speaking of how you like your comics, let's talk a little bit geeky stuff here. Uh, I know sure. you like the ladies as far as it goes to yes. comic books. You have some particular loves of your life. For example, I know there's Lady Death uh, is one of those characters you really enjoy. Uh, also, yes. 
uh, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy is my all-time favorite. And the, she is the love uh, of my life. And the wall of Poison Ivy that you have. Uh, I got to see that <laughs> on the tour that you did. So share with me some comic book characters that you maybe grew up, kind of, you know, that you grew into loving as you grew up, and some other characters that you like and enjoy. So... When I was a kid, what I collected was um, actually just Weapon X, Wolverine Weapon X. I didn't read or collect any other comics. Okay. Um, and when I was 19, I actually sold my entire collection to pay for um, one year of college. Okay. And I never touched comic books again from the time I was 19 until May of 2018. Okay. Um, at that time I was working in a vet hospital. I worked at an emergency vet and one of the girls came back from lunch and she set a comic book down on the counter. And I said, what is that? And she said, oh, it's, um, it's the Batman who laughs. He's in this new series called Batman metal. Mm-hmm. And I, I fell in love with the cover. I said, oh my God, I have to have that. Um, which is just kind of funny because I had never given comics a second thought until that moment. And I went down to a local comic shop that uh, that day when I got off work and down the rabbit hole I went. And here we are two years later and I've, you know, built this into a business that, I mean, it is just one of those things where you almost forgot you loved it. And I, well, I can't even say you, I almost, I did. I forgot how much I loved it until it resurfaced in my life literally two decades later. Okay. Um, and that's just, so I mean, I mean, it's just been one of those things where I've never been, even my husband and my kids have said, you know, they've never seen me as happy as since I started doing this. Every time I've considered quitting, my family has rallied behind me and said, no way, no how. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty awesome. You definitely don't want, uh, you definitely, when you see somebody on fire, you want to do everything you can to keep them on fire from a from a from a going forward standpoint. Not literal. If you see somebody on fire, in a literal sense, put the fire out, please. <laughs> yes, please put the person out. Put the person out. <laughs> but if you see somebody who's on fire in their heart for something, you know, as long as it's yes. not malicious, as long as it's not hurting anybody, you know, always try to encourage that. And so, no, for sure. Cool, you know, to see that your family is rallying behind you, going, "Nah, Mama, we got this. We're gonna do what we can to help you get this. You're, you're good." Yes, and in all honesty, I, I, I probably would have given up, you know, within the first year if it hadn't have been for my family. But, you know, um, they just, I just, I'm very blessed in the sense of, you know, we don't always get along, but we always support each other. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had asked about character, so that's where uh, the Batman who laughs. Um, I'm always going to have an affinity for that character because I feel like he is what brought me back to this thing I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Batman who laughs is probably of the male characters. He is my favorite. Um, I just it just makes me smile anytime I see anything with him on it. I know that sounds weird because he's a really bad character, but I can't help it. And then, of course, Poison Ivy, um, Lady Death. I mean, uh, there I collect her, but it's only very specific artists who do her okay. that I collect. Um, and then I'm trying to think of um, some of the other. Oh, uh, Joelle, Joelle Jones, Lady Killer. Uh-huh. Absolutely, absolutely in love with that. Um, I just finally got the um, the. the trade of the trade of the invoice um i'm sorry not invoice the trade of lady killer volume one and volume two Mm -hmm. um this past week and i absolutely absolutely in love and just fell in love with it um so that is one that i'm absolutely obsessed with right now (laughs) okay cool 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 so what is the story what is the story of lady killer so Lady Killer um, by Joelle Jones, she is pretty much a, you think a 50s housewife that is, she's, I want, she's a killer. She's I, it's almost like a mercenary. Oh, um, so okay. she's a, a killer for hire. Um, and just some of the situations that she's in, it's not, 
it's not a comedy though. A lot of people come into this and think, oh, it's a, it's a 50s housewife who's a serial, you know, not a serial killer, but a, a killer for hire. So it's got to be funny. It's not as funny as people think. It's actually a pretty um, serious comic and it's just amazing. I love it. I got both of the trades and my husband laughed because I literally sat down and read them just straight through. Okay. That's a- with no break. So yeah, I'm definitely obsessed with that character too. Okay. I know uh, I just got uh, from a sale not too long ago. They were doing a bunch of $5 trades. And so I picked up Matt Fraction's um, run on Hawkeye. And so, of course, Hawkeye is apparently back in the media because now we have Hawkeye Freefall uh, written by the guy who did Four Kids Rob a Bank. And so, you know, I'm going to definitely be getting that series as well. But from what I've understood over the years, you know, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run is really one of those pivotal runs to where they kind of recalibrate for people who Hawkeye is. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get it. And when I saw that on sale, I was just like, well, I got to go pick it up now because I can't afford to, I can't afford to not pick it up at that rate, at that price. <laughs> so I might as well go get it. And so that's kind of where that is on it. And so I, I, I hear you when you talk about series that you love and series that you think are really good. So, uh, yeah. So why Poison Ivy? Just out of curiosity. You know, I, I remember when I was younger um, and I had, I was just collecting, you know, uh, Weapon X and, and Wolverine that I had always liked. I just, the way she looked, the red hair, um, I've always been teased because no matter how much I dye my hair brown, I always, it always ends up with these red highlights coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would get teased about that, of course, when I was younger, cause people didn't like redheads, but, uh, it was just one of those things where somebody had bought me a picture of her mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, that's really nice. It's really pretty. I put it in a frame and kind of put it in the back of a closet and never thought about it again. But then when I brought it back out, it was just like, wow, there was, I don't know. There's just a connection that I feel there. Um, a lot of people don't know this. This is going to be like a huge thing, but my first name is actually Pamela. Oh, like Pamela Isley. Right. Gotcha. So, um, you know, my full name is Pamela Joe, but I have not used my first name in over 20 years. Okay. Um, but so I think that was part of that affinity when I was a child too. And so it's just something that as I got older, I didn't feel like there was a lot of people collecting her. So I thought, well, this is something I can do that's going to be just mine. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she has gained a lot of popularity now. So unfortunately, now it's not that easy to collect her because her stuff is just keeps going up in value. But I just it was just one of those things where it wasn't because she was popular. It was just because there was some kind of connection there when I looked at her. Okay, and I know and I know, too, they keep kind of pairing her up with Harley Quinn, which may be the reason why there's a lot of uh, a lot of carryover, so to speak. I'm not a fan of Harley Quinn. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I get a lot of slack for that, but I am not a fan of Harley Quinn. No. Um, I think she's an overrated character, and I really do not like the storylines where they make the two of them lovers. Yeah, um, it's funny. One of the guys, when we do our normal Monday podcast, this is the one we normally record on Sunday afternoons, and one of the one of the Rasco brothers that I work, record with uh, talked about that. He went into about a 10-minute thing where he talked about the fact he was not a fan of the overratedness of Harley Quinn and the fact that she basically for a long time became the new bunny suit for girls to wear, you know, as far as Halloween outfits, cosplays and different things right. like that, where it's just, we're going to dress as Harley Quinn and it'd be like 10 or 15 people and I'm out at a con and I see like 10 or 15 different Harley Quinns and, you know, all with the daddy's little monster on their shirts. And I'm just like, you know, maybe if that's daddy's little monster, maybe some of y'all need to go back in the closet and hide because <laughs> all of y'all cannot be Harley Quinn. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, I think I mentioned in that particular episode too, like I'm a big dude. You're never going to see me cosplay in a bodysuit like Black Panther either. You know, certain, <laughs> you know, I don't have that body type. I watched The Witcher and felt horrible as a dude because I'm sitting there watching Henry Cavill shirtless and I'm just like, yeah, am I ever going to have that kind of body? I don't know, but he does. 
<laughs> exactly. He he has the type of body that I'm just sitting there going, yeah, if I were dating somebody, pretty sure he could take her from me. I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> well, you know, believe it or not, not all women are in it for the hot bod. Some of us actually are attracted to men because they have a brain or a heart and, you know, if part of that when before my husband every guy I dated was military or bikers I mean I rode a Harley Davidson you know they were all big badass guys and then I started dating this short pasty white guy and everybody was like what the hell oh that's not gonna last and guess what he's been my longest relationship ever to date and go. I've never been happier he treats you well, so, respects you, and I think that's a bigger, bigger deal. It really is. Yes, ladies, give up on the bad boys. I'm telling you, once you do, you're going to be much happier. Yeah, yeah. You know, my mother always told me, she said, two things I want you to learn, son. Never intentionally break a woman's heart because she'll always associate that with you. And number two, always treat a woman as you'd want to be treated because you should just treat everybody that way. You know, and I was just kind of yeah. like, oh, and it was one of those things I grew up, it took a while to get that in my head. But then eventually what I did, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, and, and, and it's, you know, you don't, you don't, when you don't discriminate and treat everyone well, you'd be amazed at how people treat you in response. So. Absolutely. And of course, I understand some people are always going to look at me and say, you know, and, and assume just by looking at me for either my skin tone, my size or whatever. And it's like, okay, you get to do that. That's your choice. But what you miss out on, that's also your choice. So. Yep. But anyway, we've talked to, we had some interesting fun talking about, har, har, talking about our dislike for Harley Quinn. <laughs> 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 um, it's I not just, a hate, it's just, you know. Eh. Yeah, dislike. <laughs> that's how I put it. That's, I didn't say hate, it's dislike. Uh, I, one of the things I think is cool about Poison Ivy, especially, and I'm just gonna comment on my, my love for the character. She isn't a victim. She never yes. felt like, you know, a lot of people have written her in this way of, okay, she's got these abilities, but she kind of tries to take control of her own destiny, even with these abilities. Even when she's trying to do something good, there's always a vent behind it as to why she's doing it. So her motivations are yes. always the clearest. But you be sometimes she surprises you. Sometimes she generally does something because it's the right thing to do. But then, yeah, she is a she is a villain who she. I don't think she's ever malicious in the sense of she's not out for her own gains. Everything she does is for what she honestly sees as the greater good. Mm -hmm. She but just she, goes about it the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> she she wants the uh, she wants people to take care of the environment. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just that sometimes she's a little bit, some some people could view her a little bit almost homicidal, if you will, uh, as to how she kind of deals with things. But I, I think that's, you, when you have a villain who's complex, it helps make your hero better. You know? Yes. I think it says that's very important. That's why you have those moments where Batman and her can go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I remember one of my favorite moments with her ever was in Hush when she mind controls Superman. And you just don't think about somebody being able to mind control Superman. Like how much power would it take to mind control the man of steel? And then she has not only enough power to do it, but she has enough power to do it to where he almost whoops Batman multiple times during that storyline. And it's not until Batman has to make him make a decision as to whether he's gonna continue fighting him or save Lois Lane's life, that he breaks out of it. You know, it's only really with the threat of Lois Lane possibly dying because Catwoman basically throws her off the top of the Daily Planet. You know, during the Hush storyline, that she even breaks out of the, the the spell that Poison Ivy has him under. So you think of her level of power is just a lot more ridiculous. I think a lot of people, more people give her credit. So I think that's really neat. Absolutely. Sooner or later, they're going to write the story that needs to be written about her. They haven't done it yet. You know. They, I definitely feel like she has not had her time, even in the the poison ivy uh, cycle of life or whatever bull crap five part story that was. I was not a fan of that. It just didn't do her justice at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, and here's the thing you got to look at. Like, um, I was watching the Shira series on Netflix the other day, and there's a girl in there that pretty much does the same thing as poison ivy. Of course, she's a good guy. 
So she's doing all this stuff. Like she's moving buildings. She's moving whole buildings for one reason. So I'm like, wait a minute. This girl can do that. And like, if she can do this and she's barely using her powers, she barely has full control of her abilities, then what could Poison Ivy do in that situation? You know, you just get you thinking, like when you see like Avatar The Last Airbender, you see people bending plants because there's water in plants and things like that. It's just like, what could Poison Ivy do in this situation if she can control the very life of a plant? You know, like what kind of, you know, and it just makes you think, it's like, has she really ever been able to show off her real power? No, I don't feel she has. So that's the, that's, that's the cross there. So I'm going to, we're going to roll out from break here, come back and we're going to talk about Coffee with Comics. We're going to talk about the origins of the shop itself and kind of talk about how, how you do things there. So we're going to go ahead and roll out for this point and come back. So after these messages, ladies and gentlemen, please come on back with us. And we're back. We have talked origin stories with Miss Joe Thomas. We've talked about her life growing up. We've talked about her loves for Poison Ivy and for uh, Lady Death and artists and different things like that. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the origins of Coffee with Comics, the shop that she runs. So, Miss Thomas, take it away. <laughs> so, Coffee with Comics actually started out as a YouTube channel. Um, I am, you know, I'm not just a seller. I tell everyone I'm a seller third. I'm a reader first. I'm a collector second. And I'm actually a seller third. (laughs) Um, when I say I love comics, I mean, I actually love comics. It's not something I do for a living. It's something that takes up probably 20 hours of my day. So coffee with comics started when I would go out and get all of my polls on Wednesday and I would Mm -hmm. get them and I would come home and I would sit down and I would do YouTube videos and just show off all the books that I got. I mean, it was just pure love and joy of look at what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, that turned into, um, I, at the time I was working at a vet hospital and I was just miserable. And um, that turned into me doing the live sales on Facebook. Um, what had happened was I was just unhappy coming home, sometimes crying from my job. And my husband said, just quit. He said, you've been doing these live sales. Do some of those live sales until you find something else. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my husband said, you know, uh, just do those until you find something else that's going to make you happy. And that just... um, after about a month, he said, stop looking like you're making as much doing this as you would be at a job and you're so much happier. And then um, after probably about six, seven months of doing those live sales on Facebook, we talked about opening a shop. We went out with me and my kids one day looking at some locations and a friend of mine um, who owns a local shop said, you know, well, why don't you just come in and sublease part of my space? Um, so we did that. And then, so we opened the shop back in May um, and it just, it we had too much of an explosive growth, unfortunately. Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a bad thing. So we ended up just recently, actually last week, closing the storefront and just moving everything back to online because unfortunately being in the store, um, our growth was just it was too explosive to where we weren't going to be able to maintain it if we didn't take out a substantial loan Mm -hmm. and we have other priorities in our family right now one of them is you know buying a home and things so taking out a loan Mm -hmm. for that was not an option for us so we had the family meeting had to sit down in the talk and decided that it was best to just rein it back in come back to our roots and uh go back to just working from the house for now and doing it all online okay Okay, that sounds like the coolest thing in a situation like that where you know what works best for you. Yes. Yes, and not letting my pride get in the way to where, because believe me, there was that part of me that was like, oh, but if I close it, you know, then I failed. And it, it took some real soul searching to realize, no, failing would have been being stupid and keeping it open 
and canceling plans that I had made with my family about buying a home and things like that in order to take out a loan to fund this thing, which when I talked to my business analyst, um, even he said, you know, you're going to do this. If you go and you take out this loan, you're going to take out this loan, which you're going to fund your growth with. But then you're going to grow, you know, to the point where you're going to have to take out another loan and then another loan. And by the end of it, it's going to be a year or two years into it. You're going to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt and you're going to have to close anyways. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I can't lie. I'm so much happier being back home. I mean, it's just, um, I'm just happier. I love being able, I get to spend much more time online talking to my customers and mm-hmm. my friends about books and helping them find the things they want than I did when I was consumed with running the shop. Right, right, right. You get to do the rise and grinds and stuff like that that I've seen sometimes in the mornings before I go to work. Yes. Things like that. So I've got to see those. Uh, of course, like I said, getting to see you hanging out with the grandkiddos and the kiddos and everything like that. I know that that definitely makes you happy. Yes. And, you know, so that's awesome stuff. I mean, sometimes, you know, <sighs> Sometimes if you're not real careful in business, you will sacrifice your family for the sake of the business and then come back and say you were doing it all for them. And then they look at you one day and said, you know, what would have meant more to me is the time. Like, I would rather have the time with you. Yes. Yes. And so that's really important to see, you know, so that's really awesome that you were able to do that. No, and, and it is, you know, anybody who knows me knows that, um, you know, my family will always come first. They will always be first. My grandkids will never, you will never hear them say, I wish I would have spent more time with Gma or I wish Gma could have come to this or done this. That will, you will never hear that from my grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal in my life is to make sure, you know, I have this, um, necklace that I wear, it's called an intention necklace and you have it engraved with your word. That is your intention, which is pretty much what, how you live every day of your life. And my intention word is matriarch. Mm -hmm. I am the matriarch of my family. Nothing else comes first and everything I do is for them. Even my comic shop is for them so that I can be with them and spend time with them and share something I love and I'm passionate about with them. Hmm. That, and that is beautiful in and of itself, you know, really, really thinking about family beyond just the business, beyond the money, beyond the stuff that you pay for, but also beyond the stuff that you like, uh, and really just taking them in and, and, and putting them in a, in a higher priority bracket is really, really cool and really important too. I feel like. So I want to come back here. I'm going to go ahead and go into another another break here. Now, unless you've got some other, now have you got cool stories about the shop itself? Because I want to be able to wrap this up with you talking about some cool experiences you had out doing cons and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, cons I kind of keep low key. Um, when I go to a con, I don't work cons. I don't believe in um, paying to you know, promote myself. When I go to cons, I go as a fan. Mm-hmm. So I completely fan out at cons. I'm, I'm a, you'll see me in my total nerd habitat. I squeal when I see certain artists or writers or actors or actresses. So, um, yeah, anybody who knows who's seen me at a con will probably chuckle because I am that person who I'm just, <laughs> I'm a complete nerd. All right. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll into a break here. We're going to come sure. back. And uh, we'll come back and talk about more about these experiences you've had at Con. So after these messages, we'll be right back. All right. And we're out. Uh, Shanice, one thing I like to try to do, I like to try to get a little bit of a bumper uh, from people as I'm interviewing them. So if you'll do me an honor, just say something like, hi, this is Shanice Harden, and you're listening to conversations about dot, dot, dot. Okay. Um Hi, this is Shanice, and you're listening to Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. Thank you. That's awesome. That's cool. I greatly appreciate it. Listen, I'm going to let you get going. Uh, I'm going to edit this. I'm going to try to have it up before I go to bed. Uh, So that way, it'll be up and available so you can go out and share it with the world and all that fun stuff. 
And so that's that's the that's the play. I don't know how well it's going to be. Uh, you're going to actually get when you listen to it. I've got two bumpers. I got one for I got a bumper from Leo Rush, and I got a bumper from DL Madden. So you're going to get a chance to hear both of those bumpers. Nice in the thing. So you, you this podcast will be the first one with those bumpers in it. We'll use them again Sunday when we do our big, our main show, because we're going to deep dive. Like, we're going to deep dive into the whole thing, kind of our predictions and all that other stuff. I didn't know, by the way, that WWE is apparently working with DraftKings on some stuff. Like, they sent me an email talking about, oh, sign up for DraftKings and bet on the Rumble. I'm like, are you serious? WWE is endorsing betting? (laughs) When did that start happening? Like, Vince is getting desperate for those corporate dollars, man. For real. <laughs> He's just like, yes, yes, bet on it, bet on it, come on, bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that and asking Roman to cock the fist. <laughs> it's like, okay, Roman, I want you to cock the fist and just not hit anybody. It's like, I just want to see you do it. Like, okay, boss, uh, sure. <laughs> okay, good. that's what I need to see. You can go ahead and go away now. Okay. All right, anything else you need? No, no, I'm good. I'll let me ask you to do it again later. Okay. Okay, boss. You got it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I, I somehow feel like Vince is this old man that just does weird stuff just to freak his wrestlers out. And no one asks him why because he's a 78-year-old guy and nobody's going to ask him why he does things. Right. So, well, anyway, it's been a pleasure. Let me go ahead and get this edited uh, and chopped up and edited so I can get those bumpers in. And da-da-da-da. We'll talk to you later, okay? I'm going to send you, once I get it done, I will send you the link to it directly through Anchor. Uh, tell people if they listen to it, they like what they hear, man, throw me a voicemail through Anchor because it does a voicemail option where it records up to, I think, a minute. And they can send in voicemails and stuff. Or it's on I, it's on iTunes as well if people want to do like a, you know, a, a uh, you know, whatever they call those days where you type up stuff about the show. Hey, I like this. Sh- a review. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, listen, take care. It's been an honor. Appreciate you. And you have a great night, okay? get Enjoy yourself at the Rumble, all right? I surely will. I'll take lots of photos. And um, when, you put this on, when you put this on Facebook, uh, can, you, um, um, can you tag me? I surely will. And like I said, I'm going to send you the link as well through Messenger. So you'll get – I'll tag you, and then I'll also send the link. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Take care, Shanice. Thanks. You as well. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And here we are. Miss Joe Thomas has been so gracious to join me on this episode of Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. And we're going to get into some con stuff. We're going to get into the geeky of it all with cons. Uh, what we want to do here is just ask her to talk about people she's got a chance to meet, uh, people she's had an opportunity to get to see, actors, actresses, uh, artists, writers, etc. Anybody that you want to just have a geek moment about, you know, here's your shot to talk about them. <laughs> um, so let's see. So believe it or not, because remember I told you I, I only got back into comics within the last two years. So I've two only years, right. been to, um, you know, a couple of cons recently. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say as far as actors and actresses, um, my biggest geek out was we went to Phoenix Fan Fusion last year and Garrett Wong was there. Not a lot of people know who that is. He plays Harry on Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Um, my family, we are all Trek people. We love Star Trek. Um, my husband and I especially, but it was just kind of funny because we were standing in line to see him. And uh, at this time, Athena was, so she had just turned two. Okay. Yeah. Or she was just shy of turning two. Um, And we were standing in line with her and her mom to see him. And there was probably two people ahead of us. And she kept kind of squirming. And we were like, what is going on? Well, somebody moved and she caught sight of Garrett. And she let out this ear piercing squeal and just started screaming, Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> so I didn't even get a chance to fan out, which I would have, but my, you know, two year old granddaughter, um, who is, you know, watches Star Trek with Gma and Gpa, just uh-huh. started completely losing her mind to the point where 
came out and said, you know, here, can I take her? Oh, wow. Because she would, she, she just wish she wouldn't shut up. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and she, you just, if you could have seen the pure joy on this child's face when just it, I, I can't even describe it. Like I had tears in my eyes because you could just see, she was just like, I can't believe I'm touching you. <laughs> Right, right. It right. was that feeling that I think we all get, but seeing it from the eyes of a two-year-old, it was just like, look at her. She is, I don't think she could have been any happier. No, not at all. Uh, the closest I got to that was uh, I this year we went to GalaxyCon uh, and we were in line and I just wanted to, I had not, I had just spent the money, extra money I had to go get a picture with Lou Ferrigno. Uh, because oh, <laughs> oh, there's a long story. You need to go back and listen to some of the other podcasts because there's a long story, and I don't want to tell the whole story here. Uh, between me, myself, and Lou Ferrigno, uh, where I met him in Dallas back in like 2004, and then I met him again at the con in Houston at Comic Palooza, where I met Stan Lee in like 2014, I think. So like then we go forward to this con and he was coming. I was just like, you know, I always told him way back in 2007 uh, or 2004, whatever it was that I said, if I ever had a chance, I want to get a picture with him, you know, or something. And so that year I was like, well, I'm going to get a picture with him. So I got a picture with him and my sister. And it's funny because, you know, we had talked, you know, of course I shared the story with her about meeting Lou Ferrigno in Dallas and then meeting him again in Houston. And so, but then the moment when I said who I was, I showed him my picture from Houston. He goes, oh yeah, I remember you. He says, how you doing, brother? And she looked at me, she goes, holy crap, they did meet for real. Like, <laughs> and it was oh the my fact gosh. that he remembered who I was. Oh my gosh, I would die. <laughs> yeah. And Lou Ferrigno at 60, I think 68, <laughs> still looks like he could kill half the planet if he wanted to. Like he's still- Oh, he was my first crush. Huge. <laughs> Yeah, he, okay, I'm gonna tell the story. <laughs> so uh, ask questions as you will. So in Dallas, Texas, I was at a Wizard World and sitting in a corner by himself was Lou Ferrigno. And I'm just like, do they not know who this guy is? Like he was the first Hulk. <laughs> he was the original Hulk before we had any other Hulk stuff out there. You know, he was the TV show guy. And so I went over and talked to him. He talked for like 20, 30 minutes. And then I got ready to leave. I was just like, well, man, I wish I had the money to get a photo of you or something like that. Because back then, you didn't have, like, the cell phones with the pictures. I still had a flip phone. So, you know, he's just like, oh, man, no. Nah, if I didn't have an agent back here beside me, I'd just give you one, man. He said, you've been good. I appreciate you talking to me. It was like on a Sunday. Nobody was going over there. And I just felt horrible. I was just like, well, we're going to talk. And so then when I met Stan Lee in Houston, uh, I was cosplaying as Nick Fury because one of the first times I actually cosplayed and apparently he had seen me in the convention hall and so then like I walking around totally oblivious to anything and I just got finished meeting a friend up at the game hall and this guy comes running up to me he's like you know yelling for Nick Fury and of course there's like 10 of us and he's like Nick Fury with the yellow and green orange and green gun I know you hear me I'm like there's 10 Nick Furies how am I supposed to know which Nick Fury you wanted <laughs> like five of them up there he goes somebody wants to see you in the hallway and they're doing like an agents of shield panel and i'm going bro i've never watched the show i don't care i can't tell you anymore you just need to come with me to this panel trust me you're gonna want to come with me like okay sure whatever guy <laughs> so i go into this panel and then, then he comes and finds me he's like you got a question i said i'll have one by the time i get up there next thing i know i get tapped on my back and i turn around and it's stan lady goes nice costume bub he shakes my hand and of course eight-year-old me is losing his mind oh my god yes eight-year-old me is just gone he is screaming running around the building like a church service on a sunday morning he is just losing his mind and i'm just sitting there going thank you so much for creating all the stuff i love he says hey you keep reading it we'll keep creating it and he's like i'm gonna get up on stage it's like no problem no problem then lou ferrigno is behind him <laughs> he's like Brother, didn't we meet in Dallas a few years ago? Like, <laughs> you 
<laughs> no bullshit. What that did not happen. I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, we met in Dallas. We were at Wizard World. Da 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 da. He's like, okay. So we're shaking hands and talking. He's like, well, I gotta go up and catch up with uh, with Stan. I said, well, brother, you gonna catch up with Stan? I fully understand this. <laughs> so then, you know, of course, November last year, you know, I go take this picture, and that's when he remembered who I was at that point. And so that's when everybody was just like, he really met Lou Ferrigno. Like it, was, like it sunk in that I really met him. And so, yeah, that was just a great story. While everybody else at the con was doing, you know, all this, you know, you know, con stuff. You know, Lou Ferrigno at 68 years old is doing, having getting fit with Lou Ferrigno. He's literally doing like a whole session on how to be healthier. <laughs> and I'm just like, this dude could bench press the room at 68 years old if he wanted to. Like this, 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 he's just, he's just big. And of course it's funny too, because a lot of people didn't notice when I talked to him the first time in Dallas, he told me when he was a kid that he was born partially deaf. Well, then he was in an automobile accident when he was younger. And so he almost went completely deaf in one ear. And so like he wears a hearing aid to both ears now just to make sure he hears people's stuff. And he always says, you know, people sometimes say I'm a jerk, but it's not that I'm a jerk. It's, I just didn't hear them say anything to me. And so if I don't see your face talking to me, I don't know that you're talking to me because I won't hear you, <laughs> you know? And so it's just crazy because, you know, and, and he talked about that. Of course, we just, we laughed and cut up about it and everything. And we took our picture and we left And Then I got George Takai's line and got to meet George Takai. Oh my God. And, and uh, you know, we just started to talk. The man talked about penmanship at one point with me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's just... Well, penmanship. It's like, you know, it's an important thing. And I'm just like, George Akai is talking to me about penmanship. <laughs> this is one of the greatest things moments of my life. And then um, I was just walking around and then I saw Michael Dorn, Mike, Michael Dorn, I think it's Michael Dorn, who played Worf. And oh, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, God. So I went up to shake his hand. I'm like, hey, because nobody was at his table. I'm like, how is this possible? And so I walked up and shook his hand. I was like, hey, you know, I don't have, I'm not doing an autograph. I just wanted to say, hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, if you heard about this whole Gargoyles reunion, you know, is that something you'd want to do if they bring it back? And he was like, well, yeah, I'd love to do that. I love that world. And, you know, of course, Michael Dorn sounds like, like the greatest person on the planet when he talks. But like, you know, he's kind of like that old school grandpa look now, you know, but it's just, he, but he still has that commanding, booming voice. Oh, Yeah. And so it's just crazy. So meeting meeting people from that world again, you know, different things, Star Trek, different things like that. It's just really cool and just talking with them. And like I said, I had a conversation with George Takai about penmanship for 10 minutes. And I'm just sitting there going like, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> like the thing about cons is you, the experiences you get just for going to tables. You're not necessarily going out and paying thousands of dollars for photos or you're not necessarily going out and paying for autographs or pictures and things like that. Sometimes it's just talking to people. Yes. I was able to give one of my uh, wrestling books to Mark Henry. And Mark Henry made a point to take a picture with me with the book because I drawn a picture of him in the book. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's... It's been interesting. And so, uh, I'm sorry, I just went off on a tirade on stuff about me. I'm supposed to talk about you. Uh, okay. So, uh, who else have you had the chance to meet at, at, at cons there? You know, that's, I don't really, um, I don't really do the whole celebrity thing. I mean, the, with Garrett Wong, it was just, you know, he was there and, and that my husband really wanted to meet him. But I will, I will tell you the one thing that I wanted to talk about is that, you know, we had talked about my, uh, my affinity for Lady Death. Mm -hmm. um, and Brian Polito and his wife, um, I oh, always say wow. her not, name wrong, Fran, it's Francesca, or, but I just call her Fran, but they put on, um, in 2018 I think it was uh -huh. um, no 2019 I apologize um, what was called Fiend Fest okay okay and it was the first one they are doing another one called Sworn Fest that will be uh, next year okay um, but it was it was it's a con what it is is they had all the writers and artists for uh, that have done Lady Death there um, and I will tell you, it is hands down 
the best con experience I've ever had. I know there are people who are like, well, it's not a con. It was just one thing, but it was because it had the same thing that cons have. It has everything. It was just dedicated to one specific, um, you know, publisher, I guess. Yeah. And, and, you know, centered around, you know, yes, Lady Death, but um, David Harrigan, David Harrigan, I'm a huge David Harrigan fan. I completely fangirled out when I saw him. And it was funny because he actually, at one point I'd been walking around and I was just tired and he, and he was like, why don't you just sit down and like, you know, pulled up a chair next to him. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying right now. <laughs> And here we are a year later, and guess who's doing my new logo for my company? David Harrigan. Oh, nice. So um, my favorite cover I've ever had done, my favorite commission and cover I've ever had done was done by the awesome Joel uh, Gomez, sorry, um, Joel Gomez, who does La Muerta for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did Poison Ivy as La Muerta, and it was... It's just, it's, it's the story behind that. So I went and had him, I said, I wanted him to do poison Ivy and he got this look of almost terror on his face. And he said, Oh, you know, I, I, I don't really know if I know how to draw that character. And I said, no, no, Joel, calm down. I said, I don't think you understand. I said, I want you to do poison Ivy as La Morta. And he just whole face just lit up and he was like, Oh my God. And he got so excited. And he handed it to me the next day and it was breathtaking. It was just black and white, a black and white from the, you know, the chest up sketch cover. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely breathtaking. And I went over and I took it to Shannon. Um, I can't pronounce her last name, but everybody calls her Princess Jewel. Okay. And she jewels um, all of the Lady Death covers for people when they ask her to. Oh, nice. So, Um, I had her jewel it. So she put, you know, red jewels in her hair, green jewels on her bust, which again, you think something can't get prettier and then it does. Oh, wow. And then it was towards the end of the show, the end of the con, I was sitting next to, they were kind of doing like the closing ceremonies and I was sitting at a table next to Jeff Kinnear, who does, he lives in Australia and does a lot of lady death um, drawings. And I was sitting there talking to him and um, Jason Jensen was there who does the coloring for mm-hmm. um, Lady Death. And I had shown the the Joel Gomez um, commission to Jeff and Jeff said, oh, Jason, take a look at this. And Jason, you know, kind of looked at me. And he's like, do you mind? And I'm like, no, you know, not at all. And so he was I thought he was just going to look at it. And so we're watching the closing ceremonies and then he goes, OK, how's that look? And I turned around and he had fully colored the cover. Oh, wow. And I was like, holy shit, there is no way I can afford to pay Jason Jensen for a full cover. Like, I was freaking out. I was, I spent way too much money. I was broker than broke. So now I'm having this freak out going, he thought I meant for him to color it. I don't have any money left. What am I going to do? You can't take it. You know. Right. Like, I'm dying inside. And I was like, oh, Jason, I, oh, how much is that? And he was like, oh, he's like, no, 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 no problem. I was just bored. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, yes, like I went from literally being in tears thinking I'm going to have to give him my freaking commission cover <laughs> to he's like, oh, I was just bored. And I was like, this is amazing. So, yeah, he covered wow. he colored the entire thing for me. And so that that by far my favorite con I've ever gone to my favorite experience. Um, if you are a fan of any of the people who have done Mike DeBalfo is there. Um, Antonio D from the Changeling. Yo-Yo was there. I mean, Samantha Sawyer, um, who does Salem. I, and I mean, these are people that you literally, I mean, you can sit down next to them. They're hugging you. They're asking you about your life. It's not like any con I've ever been to where you're just feeling rushed and they're just like, ah. Okay, Joe, can you hear me? Hello, yeah, can you, are you there? Yep, you there. Uh, I can hear you now. Last thing I heard you say was, they're right next to you. They can, they, they, they're hugging you. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, they're genuinely like, it's like no other con I've ever experienced in my life where, you know, they're like, oh, you know, uh, here's your stuff. Just move on. I get, 
these people, the artists and the writers there, Brian and them, they genuinely wanted to talk to every single person. That's really cool. That's really cool. I mean, it was, I cannot wait to go to the next one. I tell everyone, even if you are not a Lady Death fan, you need to go to this and experience it because it is like a family reunion with people from all over the world. Hmm. That's good to know. That's really cool to know. That's and and, and you said that's going to be they're going to be doing one next year until two thousand twenty one. Yes, um, tickets go on sale February twenty eighth, I believe, January twenty eighth or February twenty eighth. But um, yeah, I'm definitely buying tickets. It is just, it's you'll never experience something like it. I guarantee it. It's just, it's something that I think everyone needs to experience in their life if they are appreciative of comics and art at all. You need to be a part of it. And just for the people at home that may not know who uh, Brian, and, and I, I always have a problem pronouncing his last name. Brian uh, Polito. Polito. Okay, Brian Polito. I know he did Lady Death. He also did Evil Ernie. And Smiley. Evil Ernie, Smiley the Button. Um, he does Hell Witch. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, chastity and Purgatory. Yeah. Um, it's uh, anything Coffin Comics or Chaos Comics. Okay. Gotcha. I'm trying gotcha. to think here. Sworn Fest. I'm trying to Google it now so I can... Brian Polito's... Nope, that's Hellfest. <laughs> but Brian is also local here. He is based out of Mesa. Okay. So um, it is just a... a they're just the nicest people. Like, I genuinely tell people, you know, people all the time, they're like, oh my God, you've talked to Brian Polito? I'm like, trust me, if he walked into a store you were in and you walked up and said hi, you'd be stuck talking to him for an hour because that's just who Brian is. Right, right, right. And that's something I think a lot of times, I think when you deal with people who are comic pros or you deal with people who are... Uh, professional people in any medium, whether they're actors, actresses, or whatever, uh, sometimes they can be really personable. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're having good days. Sometimes they're not. But they're still people. And that's the whole point. And so, you know, you, you go and you say hi and you talk to people or whatever, you know, you, you'd be surprised sometimes on both sides of the fence. You know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um he is, you know, it's funny because he will actually, he's, he came into my shop one day and he said, Joe, I'm here as a fan today. <laughs> and I know what that means when Brian says that. That means please don't point me out to people if they walk in. Um, you know, yeah. he just, he wants to be able to dig through boxes and just be a nobody. Yeah. He just wants to be a normal person who gets to be a fan like everybody else. Yes, and I think that people need to respect that, you know, uh, yeah. for people of that kind of caliber. You know, when you're at a con, if they're not at the table, say hi. But if you see that body language where they say hi and try to move on, don't stop them. Yeah, I had a situation like that where I saw Jason David Frank and it was a lot of the same way. And uh, I was like, hey, how's it going, uh, Jason Fr David Frank? It's like, oh, I'm doing wonderful. I got a boogie, though. I said, no problem, man. Just saying hi. <laughs> you know, he was just moving yeah. on. Uh, but you know that I saw other people try to stop him and ask him to take pictures. He's like, well, come over to my table. You know, my people will handle that type thing. But it's like, you know, there's no such thing as a free picture for these guys because they've got wranglers, you know, that they've got to pay too. You know, they got to make sure. Well, the other thing is a lot of these celebrities, when they're at these cons, they have a, they're in a very tight schedule. They may only have 15 minutes to go grab some lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they're if they're up and moving, that may be what they're trying to do. They maybe have been holding their, you know, bladder for three hours and right. really have to go. Like, just let them do their thing. If you want to see them go to their table, just be yeah. respectful. I had a situation where um, I had 20 I had 20 bucks extra. And I was like, I went to Jerry Lawler's table because Jerry Lawler was there doing autographs. So I was like, well, I can get a picture with Jerry Lawler or I could get this book. That there was a guy sitting right next to him. He did a book called Deadlocked. And Jerry Lawler had done artwork on the cover. And of course, Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler, he's commentator for WWE Raw. Uh, the reason I love him to death is because he wrestled in Mid-South. He still does. You know, he wrestles in Mid-South Wrestling, which I grew up watching. And so he was, and this is what Jerry Lawler said to me, he's like, you know what? If you get the book, I'll sign it for you. Wow. Like, you know what? Sold right here. Hey, I'm buying this. He's going to sign it for me. 
<laughs> and so he literally grabbed it and signed it. He said, it's a king, Hall of Fame. You signed it with a signature and everything. And of course, a real good friend of mine got really jealous. He was like, you got a signature from Jerry the King Lawler? I was like, yep. And that's his artwork on the front of the cover. <laughs> so Wow, that's awesome. You know, it's it's just, it really is a respect thing. It really is. And so, I mean, it sounds like you had the coolest time ever at that con. And the fact that you're going to be going back next year is going to be really cool. Uh, oh, yeah. The podcast, I hope to get the chance to do. I've got to figure out a way to get a uh, publicity pass so that I can try to see if I can get some interviews with some of these people, you know, during the, oh, con, yeah. the con. Like, I don't know how that works yet, <laughs> but I got to try to figure that out. Cause I'd love to get some interviews. I know there's a con coming up in March and Barbara Eden is the headlining guest for My Dream of Genie. Oh, wow. And then uh, uh, Warwick Davis, who is Willow, is the second uh, main guest. So let me ask you this. Here's a question for you and then and I'll give you my answer too. But so who's your dream guest at a con like if you were like heard this person was going to be there you're going to hell or high water to get there so miss joe asked a question at the end of the episode unfortunately uh due to some technical difficulties we could never get it recorded we tried to reconnect several times but we couldn't get anything to go it kept disconnecting So I'm not sure why that happened, but I'm going to answer her question. Uh, She specified that it needed to be somebody living because, of course, if it was someone that had passed on, uh, the only other person I would ever want to meet beyond Stan, besides Stan Lee, is Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Uh, He's probably my favorite wrestler, wrestler period of all time. And so he was the person I would want to meet above all else at a con. But living would be Alex Ross uh, because of his art stylings, his painting he does a lot of photo reference with his artwork too. So I want to love to see some of the photos that he uses for the artwork for different things like Kingdom Come and Marvels and things like that that he's done over the years. And so that'd be the person I'd want to see at a convention if I could see anybody at a convention. So that's to answer uh, Miss Joe Thomas's questions, question there at the end here. So I just wanted to insert this in so that that way she, when she hears the episode, she'll hear my answer to the, you know, that she didn't get to hear when we were trying to get it recorded. But anyway, guys, uh, if you're into comics and need your comic book fix or a hookup or you need to find something that you're missing in your collection, I'd highly recommend checking out Coffee with Comics uh, just because of the fact that she is a go-getter. She's a finder of things that you're needing. So definitely uh, check her out on Facebook. Search for Coffee with Comics. You'll find her and go from there. And above all else, guys, as always, as always, be blessed to be a blessing to somebody, guys. Take care.